Counter the latest internet sensation. You might be going to go down as a Hall of Fame fighter. I think the Pokemons got Sam Costello there. I'm sure most of you are wondering, what are you doing here? Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all your listeners. Thanks, Uncle Chop Chop. Today, my dreams came true. It's unbelievable. Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. It is three past seven. Good morning and welcome to the weekend. Nine degrees on the way to a top of 16 today in Melbourne. It's been a big week for Mark Jackson. Caught up with him during the week, the former AFL player. And I asked him, Jacko, what happened to your singing career? Listen, we're not going into that because you haven't got the experience. You haven't got the mental capacity to handle a conversation. So let's move right on. Harsh, Jacko. Maybe you'd heard this US political commentator talking about me during the week. He has an incredibly short attention span. Oh, sorry. I was just playing Pokemon Go. Plenty to come up this morning. Zika virus has spread to the US. We'll get details on that. Also, there's going to be traffic problems in the city this morning. There's been a hit and run at the corner of Victoria and King Streets in West Melbourne. Police have had to turn it into a crime scene. They'll be there for some time working out what went on there. We'll get some detail too across the reporter down on the scene. And there's also something I've got to clear up. Danny Green and I were involved in a segment on Channel 9 this week that resulted in an on-air apology. I'll get to that. I'll explain it. We'll clear it up. We'll uh, we'll get to that very soon. One, two, three. Here is the three things you need to know about with Channel 9's Peter Hitchner. What will it be? What will it be this week? Peter Hitchner from the Channel 9 News team. Three things we need to know. All right, Hitchy, hit us with the topic. Three things you need to know about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ah, yes. JCVD. Well, he's had a bit of a rough week. I don't know if you saw it, but he did a satellite interview two days ago where he had a bit of a meltdown. He was sick of people asking him questions about Kylie Minogue after the two of them did a movie together about 20 years ago. And so he stormed out. So good choice. Timely to do Van Damme. All right, the first thing we need to know. Jean-Claude Van Damme's signature move is the splits. But who can't do that? I'm doing them now. <laughs> You're a very flexible man, Hitchy. I'm, I'm impressed. Second thing we need to know. During a visit to a Melbourne nightclub, Van Damme was one stop from harassing a woman by Stephen Quartermain. Don't mess with TV newsreaders. All right? And I'm not joking. <laughs> That is a true story, actually. I heard about that on the Hot Breakfast yesterday. Eddie told it, co- uh, collaborated it, corroborated it is the word I'm looking for with a couple of people. 100% true. Van Dam v. Quarters, Quarters wins. Well done, Quarters. In fact, we should have a chat to Quarters about this. Put a call out. If you're, if you're listening, Quarters, give us a ring. All right, the third and final thing we need to know. Van Dam adopted a dog called Scarface in Thailand. When Scarface suffered a stroke, Van Dam bought a big cage and slept beside it. Miraculously, the dog recovered and is still alive today. Top that, Chuck Norris. <laughs> the man can bring dogs back from the dead. Well done, Jean-Claude. Thank you, Hitchy. That was the three things you need to know with Peter Hitchner. In the 20th century, the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the weekend breakfast's glittering galaxy of sport. And don't the kids love it? Well, this morning they will if they're into Quidditch. 
Last year, we interviewed a Quidditch player. This is the game that was invented in the Harry Potter novels. I guess it's kind of like you know soccer and other ball sports, but in the books, they play it on the back of magical broomsticks. In the real version, they have broomsticks on the ground, obviously. Now, Australia competed in the World Championships of Quidditch during the week against 21 other nations, and we won defeating the undefeated USA in the final. It is terrific to have a member of the Australian Championship-winning Quidditch team in studio. James Hyder, good morning, and you're an elite Quidditch player. Does that make you a Harry Potter nut? Uh, I'm not really. Um, I've seen all movies, read all the books, but I wouldn't really call myself a nut. Are most team members, by and large, big fans? Well, ma- the majority are. I mean, you get into it, you see Harry Potter, you, but... um. Ultimately, all the all the guys that stick around and stick around for the sport, and um, yeah, it's the it's the sport that keeps us around. Does J.K. Rowling, the author creator of Harry Potter, does she make money out of the fact that Quidditch is now played for real? No, so it's the she's got nothing to do with it. Um, all the copyrights and stuff are all out of it. Um, she's she's aware it exists, uh, but she she doesn't get anything out of it. Has she ever been to a game? No, uh, not not that we're, we're aware of. She's tweeted about it before, but that's as far as it's gone. Well, we're going to have to change that. J.K. Rowling, get down and watch the Australian world champion Quidditch team. Okay, big question. We are the Dolphins in the swimming, the Boomers in the men's basketball. What is the nickname when it comes to Quidditch? Do we have one? Drop Bears. The Drop Bears. Love it. Probably an interesting one, as you said. A few of the other ones are more Australian iconic animals, but uh, the Drop Bears kind of is a great name for us. Um, We all love it. Somewhat appropriate, too, given that Quidditch is a quasi-magical sport and we've got a mythical beast as the nickname. Yeah, so a, a non-magical sport and then the, the <laughs> mythical beast. <laughs> that could be a good nickname for you as a player. <laughs> James, the mythical beast hider from Australia's we'll Quidditch have to team. That one <laughs> good to chat, mythical beast. Cheers. During the week, it was confirmed that Weekend Breakfast team member Danny Green will get revenge on Anthony Mundine. The fight is on the rematch. We're not sure when it'll happen, but I expect it to be in February of next year. Caught up with both of them during the week. Uh, Firstly, I spoke to the man, Anthony Mundine, who was trash-talking like he does better than anybody. Here's what he had to say about Danny. Well, I want want to take him to deep water. I want to take him to deep water. I want to drown him. Now, come on, man. You all know I'm the best. I'm the best athlete ever. I would like it on Australia Day. We wouldn't want that day, that bullshit day that they call Australia Day. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a day of day of mourning, a day of my people being slaughtered and murdered and massacred. And they want to pull on that day, so I'll shut him up and then shut the rest of Australia up. Yeah, good on you, Anthony. Okay, Mundine Green 2, man versus machine. Danny Green, who is a regular on this program, me and him did a live interview into the Channel 9 News on Tuesday. Now, obviously, we work together pretty regularly, so maybe things were a little bit too relaxed for morning television. It's on again, Man vs Machine, the rematch with Anthony Mundine. Are you going to take care of business? Mate, I've got to take care of business next week against Cam Watts first, Seb, so I'm not putting the car before the horse. The famous, famous mistake that Roy Jones made when he fought me in 2009. He'd already signed on to fight Bernard Hopkins in a rematch before he even landed in Australia. And I mentioned, I said, hey, you haven't fought me yet at the press conference. And I bowled him over in one round and cost him millions of dollars. So I'm, I don't want to make that same mistake. But at the same token, it's very, very exciting news that he's finally manned up. And, um, you know, I get, uh, I, get, I get to give Australia, hopefully, if I get through Cam Watts, who's standing in the way of me giving Australia what they want to see and that's to peel that banana back he said on radio last week he was going to butcher your face 
What do you say to that? He had his chance to do that in 2006. He won the fight, but he barely dented me. And he had Sometimes I was turning around. I thought he had a couple of mates with him because I was getting tagged that much, but I didn't really have many dents on me, so I don't know what he's going to do. Unless he takes a, a tomahawk in, that's anyway he's going to butcher my face, mate. <laughs> he talks a bit, Anthony. He does. He certainly does. He's full of hot air. He's, um, he speaks a lot of bullshit and, uh, unfortunately, a bulldust. And, um, excuse me, well, it is what it is. And, um, yeah, like I said earlier, he's, um, he's definitely got a, a job after boxing when I finish with him. You know, he can get a job um, with the fertiliser company, so it's not all doom and gloom for Jock. <laughs> Yeah, now, a few emails came in after that. Uh, not the biggest hanging offence, but maybe not the kind of stuff that generally goes to air on the morning news. Uh, the great Peter Stefanovic, foreign correspondent at large and now newsreader, forced to issue this soon after. And apologies for the use of the colourful language then. Glad we've cleared that up. Now, Greeny can't be here this morning. He is training very, very hard for his fight against Kane Watts. That's on Wednesday. If you haven't got tickets, get down there. High Sense Arena, Kane Watts and Danny Green. Over in Rio, the AOC have enacted their emergency response plan at the Australian Athletes Village. For more, we go to the Nine News' senior correspondent. She goes to all the big events around the world. Christina Hearn, good morning. And what has happened? Oh, good morning, Seb. Well, this is the last thing the Australians needed after all the problems at the Athlete Village. It happened about two hours ago, so 4.40 local time here in the afternoon. It was a fire in the underground car park in the rubbish, so early reports suggest perhaps a cigarette butt went into that rubbish. Somehow uh, it was ignited, and that filled the stairwells with smoke. Of course, then uh, the Australians, about 100 athletes and officials were evacuated, I was told it was in a very kind of calm manner. They were only out for about 30 minutes. Uh, the fire brigade, local fire brigade managed to get it under control pretty quickly and there was no damage to the building. So the athletes uh, were then able to go back up uh, up inside. But uh, you can imagine just after all the problems I've had with the Athletes Village, Australia causing international headlines when they decided to boycott it because uh, deeming it unsafe because of bad plumbing and, electric and uh, electrical work. Then they had the BIFO with the Rio Mayor that just uh, kissed and made up and then this happens. But uh, the AOC is holding a, a presser in about 20 minutes' time with uh, the chef de mission, Kitty Chiller. So we'll have more information then. But uh, it is the last, the, the last thing the Australians needed, but happy to report it does seem minor and everyone's okay. Christina Hearn from Channel 9 in Rio, where a fire has caused an evacuation of the Australian Athletes Village. Take care, Christine. No more run-ins with uh, people trying to take your camera gear, I hope. No, no. All good. Thanks, Seb. Thanks for asking. <laughs> take care. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, mate. And they are two of the hardest-working journalists in town. But on the weekends, we let things just get a little bit free and we have a chat. It is Jade Vincent from Channel 9 and Sharnel Vella from Channel 10. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Now, you must not have got our email. What are you talking about? Well... You know, we don't start without the Mariah Carey treatment. Oh. <laughs> we need our theme song, please. I did hear about Mariah Carey during the week. It turns out she doesn't enter a restaurant without playing some of her own music. Is that what we're talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Have you got a theme song? We, we Roll it. All right, fair enough. Can I issue an apology on behalf of the station? Let's take this again. Jade Vincent, Channel 9, Chanel Vela, Channel 10. Good morning. Good morning. Don't do that again, Pete.
When the ladies come back next week, make sure we play Run DMC. (laughs) We do not get out of bed and put our active wear on. (laughs) Now, what has caught your eye this week? Absolutely. The young Aussie streaker in Sri Lanka. Poor 26-year-old Alex James. He's had a bit too much (laughs) and thought, you know what, I'm I'm just going to go for a run. I'm just going to go for a run. And you you wonder, did it go through his mind that I'm probably going to be tackled by a burly security guard? It probably never went through his mind that he was going to land himself in a Sri Lankan jail for a week. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And the poor thing, so Alexander James has a skin full, runs out onto a wet pitch in Sri Lanka. Everything's going well. He, you know, waves the T-shirt around his head. He pulls off his trousers, goes for a slip and slide down the covers and actually makes it back over the fence it's before he stopped. Feat, yeah. incredible feat, incredible effort. <laughs> now, can I just say as a Sri Lankan correspondent here. Oh, have you got a Sri Lankan background? I do. My, my mother's Sri Lankan. Really? It is such a holy time in candy at is the it? moment. They are about to prepare for the Parahera Festival, which is a big Buddhist festival. So everyone is quite conservative around that area <laughs> at the time, at this time. This and is the sort of insight you won't get anywhere else. So is it, do you reckon that he was treated a bit more harshly because it is a special time? You just can't do that. You cannot do that in candy at the moment. Like, you just can't do it. But I understand you just need to be free sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. just thought, I'm a bit hot, I'm a bit, <laughs> maybe had a few drinks, the jacket mm. comes off, and then he just went with it. The pants come off. I reckon yeah. the best streak of all time was that bloke who got out to the pitch and then met with Andrew Simons Ooh, and got and completely polaxed. Yeah. Yes. Have you ever done it? No, God, no. no. Okay. no never, never. No. Mm. Um, I was asking my husband about this last mm? night. Like, Why? Why? What goes through a man's head? That <laughs> some yes. more insight. Some more insight. Oh, I look forward to this. I'm sure there are people who have done it. One triple three five three. Have you ever been streaking? You're streaking stories. One triple three five three. And what did Pete say? He said it's for legendary status. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I may have done it once or twice. You, yeah, Sebastian. Well, oh, a long time video? ago in a different. Oh, bloody is hope video? not. Yes. No, I, I am so old now. This was in the days before smartphones. Don't worry <laughs> about that. No, it was a uh, friend's eighteen, uh, friend's little brother's eighteenth. So about a decade ago, and um, we thought it would be a good idea. He lives near a Seven Eleven, so we de-robed, went for a run down to Seven Eleven, and unfortunately, at this time. Who decided to get a donut at the 7-Eleven? Yes. They the do. local police. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, and it was, uh, look, unfortunately we had to make a little bit of a bolt for it. Had to go into the park. Fortunately there was a park next door to the 7-Eleven, so we made it and made it back in time. And where were your clothes all this time? Back at his place. And as what happens with young men, somebody thought it would be amusing to hide our clothes on return. So we didn't get them back for quite some time. Is it all about the story? Is it about having this legendary tale to go on about? Yep. You know, you got caught at 7-Eleven running from... <laughs> Didn't get caught. <laughs> well, okay. And now that I'm thinking about it, you asked, is there video? There's probably security vision in the 7-Eleven. Oh, we'll have to get onto that. I'll find <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm on it. We'll be all it. over that. But can we also talk about his fine? Yeah. Yes. 28 so, big ones. <laughs> <laughs> so it was 3,000 rupees. That's right. So and that, what, converts roughly... $28. $28. Worth it. According to the Herald <laughs> Sun, though, what he's more devastated about was sharing a cell with 60 other inmates, uh, including murderers. Oh. So, you Well, know, do you get locked up with the murderers if you streak in Sri Lanka? Absolutely. Jail's not a holiday. 
Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, our Sri Lankan correspondent yeah. comes in and says, look, law and order is important. Let's go to Johnny. He's on line one. Johnny, streaking story. Uh, yeah, g'day, guys. Um, New Year's Eve 2002 going to 2003. I was in Melbourne CBD, and I thought it was a good idea with a mate. We had quite a few drinks right on the uh, tip of uh, New Year's Eve. We stripped down to absolutely nothing, started running. I was 18 at the time, and then... About 20 seconds into it, I was down Russell Street in, in Melbourne. Divi van pulled me and my mate up, <laughs> oh, <no>. straight in <laughs> handcuffs and straight in the back of the Divi van. Being so that was, uh, naked, Johnny, surely got to be humiliating. Yeah, it was pretty humiliating, <laughs> but uh, they kept us in the cells for four hours. Uh, our mates brought our clothes back to us and... Um, yeah, that was a good way to bring in 2003, so there you go. Johnny, can I just ask, when you dropped the clothes and you started running, just tell us about that feeling. Um, you just feel free. You feel like um, a newborn baby. So, yes. yeah, that, you don't really think too much at the time, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. But once you're in cuffs in the back of a divvy van and it's midnight and it's a uh, happy new year, well, it's a, certainly a re- remember. Uh, remember ball one. Sorry, I can barely get my words out. So, still yeah. worth it, though. Still worth it, Johnny. Definitely, 100%. That sounds very uncomfortable, Johnny. Thank you for your call. <laughs> Ladies, thank you for uh, coming in and having a chat again. Always a big issue, can streaking. I, <laughs> can, I, can I make it up to you by at least letting you go out the right way? Absolutely. Please. Hit it, Pete. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right, on time is tricky. How is it, be? It's tricky. Jade Vincent, Channel 9, thank you. Thank you. Chanel Vela, Channel 10. Sri Lankan correspondent. Thank you. <laughs> now, Nick Kyrgios, I think it's got to the stage where he is just having us all on, trolling us a little bit and uh, and enjoying it. And I'm starting to warm to the guy a little bit. He was playing doubles at the Rogers Cup with his American partner, Jack Sock. It was stopped for a rain delay, and the two of them were sitting underneath the umbrellas waiting for play to get going when Kyrgios approached an official and asked if he could go to the bathroom. Here's a little bit of what microphones caught. Keep listening to the end because at the end, I think he's just trying to really upset the official who wouldn't let him go. Okay, well, I'll just, I'm going to go to the toilet. Not at the moment. You're not going to give me permission to go to the toilet. Not at the moment. But I'm, I'm busting, it's an emergency. <laughs> Within 30 seconds of demanding he needs to go to the toilet, he then turns around and says, no, nah, I'm not interested anymore. I'm starting to have fun with Nick Kyrgios. Now, here's a man who brings the fun to sport. He has a DVD out at the moment called Danny McGinlay, The Complete First Season. You can get that on his website. And if, uh, if you recognise that name, it's because this is the comic behind the banners from the Western Bulldogs, which get a great run on triplem.com.au. Morning, Danny McGinley. Morning, Seb Costello. It's great to be here. Actually, I've got just about that Nick Kyrgios thing. Yep. I've, as the father of a two-year-old, I'm pretty used to people saying, <laughs> I need to go to the toilet really badly. No, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> but just when I heard that, I, I just assumed he wet his pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Somebody should check that out. And, mate, uh, commiserations for last oh, night. Your doggies man. were very brave in the first half. It was, well, not brave. We were, we were dominant. Yep. We we were absolutely taking it to the cats. We were going to overrun them. And then I don't know what someone at the dogs did in a past life. <laughs> but man, it's got to be bad. Like, it's got to be like they stapled kittens or they made unicorns extinct <laughs> or something. Because just, we, we got, I remember talking, I was there, I had a bunch of people around to my place last night to watch it. I was talking to my mate. And we we're just going, hey, Libba, Libba's taking it upon himself. 
He's going to win this game single-handedly. Oh, okay, yeah, he's done his ankle. Yep, great. Yeah, what else? What else do you want? We've what had else two do you weeks want? of this injuries. <sighs> yeah, McRae was out. Now it's it's. I think if we get one more major injury, it will be the tipping point that now it'll just be funny. It's just, we just need Bontempelli to you know to get something. Uh, you know if he's. Um, what, to get you know to suffer from PMS or yep. something like you know just something that he, he physically cannot get. It will. Ju- I would just not be surprised if suddenly there's a there's a big headline saying uh, Luke Beveridge uh, dandruff. Yep, out for the week. <laughs> the Black Plague returns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zika yeah. virus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> entirely localized. Only entirely localized <laughs> within the Witten Oval. Oh, I love it. Did you go to the game down in Geelong? No, no. I had mates around. We were watching it. Uh, we had. It was. It was a bit of a crew. I had my mate Shane, who I go to the footy with every week. He's died in Woolblog. His brand new girlfriend. Oh. from Norwich in England. England. Right. So she had to be uh, explained the rules of the game, uh, which is yeah, it's it's Aussie rules. I reckon it's the hardest game to explain. Like you get you you've, you would have had international guests yep. come and, and cricket's pretty easy. You could yep. sort of say it's like baseball, it's baseball but, but also it's a world sport. More you know, English, yeah. yeah. Yep. India, England, every, everyone plays it. Aussie rules because it's just ours. It's it's really hard to get into. I remember being in America uh, and I was uh, watching a, a Bulldogs game in an Aussie bar over there, and some Americans walked in. And went, what is this sports? <laughs> and you're just trying to explain it, and they go, "Oh, is that rugby?" Or no, and it's not rugby. Or what? What's it? It's, it's like it's 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 a mixture between rugby and Quidditch. <laughs> Oh, so do they ride on broomsticks? No, they they clearly good don't. Good question, America. Yeah, yeah. good question. Yeah. Do you know Australia is world champions at Quidditch, by I the way? I heard that, the Drop Bears. How about that? What a great name. Well done to the Drop Bears. If you have to kind of summarise it and explain Australian rules football to a tourist, what's the one thing that you start with to make sure they get their head around it? Uh you get a point for trying. <laughs> it's the only sport in the world where <laughs> a very good you question. give it a go. You get it. You get it close enough. We go, all right, you give you a point. You did. You did well. You did well. One triple three five three. We've got some tickets to give away to the WWE wrestling tour coming up. Bulldogs will lose that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's fixed though. At least you can say it's fixed. If you're explaining, if you're explaining AFL football to somebody who's never seen it before, what's the one thing they need to know about footy? One triple three five three. Give us a call. I reckon it's got to be. If somebody wants to introduce you to a man called Mark Jacko Jackson, don't say yes. <laughs> Let's go to Warwick. You there, Warwick? I reckon uh, you could describe it as a bunch of 30-odd of the fittest-looking blokes running around in tight shorts trying to get the footy, and the only way to explain it is like 30 seagulls fighting over a chip. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good, Warwick. Uh, we'll put you in the running for the WWE yeah, tickets. And, and a good preamble of the fittest looking blokes you'll ever see. My, my wife's uh, from Ukraine, mm. and uh, so she's had to sit learn the game so much. And she, uh, when when uh, my mate's girlfriend was talking, she said, so what's it like? What, what's going on? She just very, in, you know, in that very uh, Soviet blunt way of just <laughs> going, just look at them and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're married to the woman from Rocky Four. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's my Bond villain. Yeah, I love her. That's right. Uh, what is the one thing an international needs to know about footy at Sunbury? Lauren, good morning. Morning, guys. What do you I reckon? Trying to, I was trying to explain to a friend once, and you can somehow still run with the ball, but you somehow still need to bounce it every now and then. And even if you <laughs> can't get a goal... And it goes through the point post. We still give your point for trying. Yeah. Yes. It's well done, Lauren. The Aussie fair go. It is. At Whittlesea. Morning, Gav. Hey, guys. Good, mate. Good. Um, I reckon the one thing you have to say is we are the roughest playing uh, in the AFL out of any sport in the world. 
We're going on the roughness, Teddy. Oh, I don't know. I reckon Conor McGregor might have a bit of a chat to you about that one. <laughs> Very good call. Dan, just to wind us out, what's the one thing that an international needs to know about football? The one thing they need to know, and the whole game will make sense, guys, if you just tell them to hate Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. That's what my, my dad's from uh, Scotland. He says the same thing about Rangers. <laughs> Dan, how would you, if they then say the follow-up question, what do Collingwood supporters look like? How would you describe them? Um, just go and check out a couple of mug shots down the local um, police station. <laughs> Harsh but fair. Hey, what, what's that red phone in the corner? Why does it say Eddie's ringing? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we better end this segment before we get pulled off. Uh, Danny McGinlay, your website? Uh, DannyMcGinlay.com. And complete first season is the DVD. Check that out. WWE tickets, look, I'm uh, I'm tempted to give them to Dan, but I reckon there'll be a Collingwood-related riot. So, Warwick, <laughs> Seagulls fighting over a chip. The tickets are yours. Mate, have a great weekend. Thank you. Go dogs. Now, around Melbourne, you may have seen some of the mural street art that's been popping up by the artist Lush. We've certainly been getting behind it on triplem.com.au. It's a bit of fun. He's been taking on a couple of characters of the American presidential race. Uh, one of them was uh, Melania Trump. And the other one was a very sort of busty Hillary Clinton in a Stars and Stripes bikini. Well, a council has decided to step in and demand the Hillary Clinton mural come down. Bit of overkill, isn't it? Joining us on the line is the artist. His name is Lush. That's how we speak to him. And we are grateful for his time. Morning, Lush. Okay. So, mate, what are the murals all about? Um, just a bit of a piss take, really. Nothing like, uh, nothing too, too much more than that, you know? So when you heard that Maribyrnong Council wanted to pull down the latest Hillary Clinton mural in uh, West Footscray, what, what was your reaction? Uh, it was a bit disappointing. But, I mean, like, it's supposedly offensive, but it's like on the level of, say, like a Lynx ad, you know? Like, she's in a bikini. She's not naked. Um, their, their official statement is that a couple of people complained that it was offensive and because she's partially nude, supposedly, then it's it, now it's like it's the worst thing in the world. The Melania Trump one you did, she was uh, completely topless, if I remember. Did you get any complaints from council to pull that one down? No, I mean, that area is a little bit more um, lefty, I guess. They don't seem to mind. But then I thought at the same time, I thought around there, maybe, um, you know, the radical femme sort of, People might sort of not take too kindly to it, but because it's a Trump thing, they don't seem to care. There is, you know, certainly a bit of a double standard there. So, mate, um, what's the go? Is it? Do you know the person who owns the building, or is it, you know, just you finding a wall to express yourself on? Um, like, basically, I got permission to do that mural, right? So, it's like, it's not like I just went and went down there and, you know, just did it for no reason. Um, but unfortunately now uh, that person's going to probably deal with the council um, and, you know, they're not exactly the nicest people out uh, that way. So, mate, one last one too. Is it right that you had your Instagram account closed down without your doing? Yeah, I, I mean, after I posted the Hillary mural, it kind of must have caused a stink and boom, it was gone, but... Luckily, last night, somehow, I think because I sort of tried to email as many journalists as possible to see if anyone would help me out, it's somehow got it back. Very strange. You think it was hacked? 
I think it was just more that uh, I guess that like the DNC, like the Democratic National Convention was happening at the time and they were just deleting loads of accounts that were critical of Hillary. And you got swept up in that. Isn't that weird? One triple three five three. You can have a look at my Twitter at Seb Costello nine. Have a look at the mural. Was it overkill? The council have decided to pull it down. Lush, uh, appreciate your work, mate. Where can people check you out on Instagram? Uh, it's Lush sucks now, but I guess if that gets deleted again, it's Lush sucks too. Beautiful. All right, mate. Thanks for ringing in. No problem. Street artist Lush there, who's been doing the murals of Melania Trump and Hillary Clinton around town. We'll take your calls. One triple three five three. Should it be pulled down, or is this a bloke expressing himself? My view is it's just a bit of a double standard. He's done Mrs. Trump. Nobody's complained about that. Then he's done Hillary, and suddenly it's overkill. Strange. Natalie at Elwood. Good morning. Yeah, good morning to you. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with the council. I hate to be a killjoy on this one, and, uh, and I'm all for street art, but I just think Hillary Clinton, has, she could be our first female president, and I just don't know why Lash has to portray a woman in a bikini when she's, she's, she's the most amazing woman and she's about to become the first or potentially become the first female president. And the way she gets depicted is in a bikini. I think it's poor form from that point of view. Did you have a problem with the Melania Trump one? I do too. I just, I just think, why do you have to depict women like that when they're actually really powerful women trying to make a difference in the world? That's all I've got. And I know it's a kind of a counter view and I'm not trying to be down on street art, but I, I just think it's inappropriate from that point of view. What if Hillary wore a bikini on the beach? Would you be offended by that? <laughs> no, probably not, but I wouldn't read the women's magazines that are trying to get that photo, by the way. <laughs> Good on I you, think, think about what she's trying to achieve and what she's, the difference she's trying to make to, in the world and the way we need to depict her or the way the artist wants to depict her is in a bikini. I just think it's poor form. Well, I appreciate your call, Nat. Thanks for ringing in. A couple, couple on Twitter uh, from Serge. He says, I bet Bill Clinton would give the mural the thumbs up. And you know what? He probably would. <laughs> Fire incident at the Olympic Village over in Rio. 4.40, small fire breaks out in a rubbish bin and the AOC emergency response plan gets activated. Our athletes evacuated from the building. What is going on in Rio? Chef Demission Kitty Chiller did a press conference just a little while ago. Here's what she had to say. A small fire broke out in rubbish in the underground car park of Building 23, which is the Australian building in the Olympic Village, causing smoke to rise throughout the first few floors of the building. The AOC emergency response plan was activated and approximately 100 athletes and officials were evacuated in an orderly and controlled manner and no one was hurt. But the fire was confined to the car park and no one was injured. Is there an initial cause, do you think? There's a lot of rubbish in this village still. There's a lot of rubbish in our building, left over from the works and left over from various contractors coming in and out. There is also a lot of contractors and a lot of workers smoking. What we think happened is that a cigarette was perhaps thrown into a rubbish bin and it caught a light. Um, is the Athletes Village a no smoking area? The Athletes Village is absolutely a no-smoking area. It always is. We have brought this up at Chef Emissions meetings for the last three days. We've asked the IOC and we've asked Rio 2016 to remind all the workers, and I have to say some NOCs also, that it is a no-smoking village. The, the fact that there was a fire, how was it announced? Was there an alarm or...? 
the alarms didn't go off. Uh, what we have subsequently found is that the fire alarms had been silenced while they were carrying out maintenance on the building next door to ours. We hadn't been advised that the fire alarms were silenced. So how we found out was basically smoke um, in the corridors and stairwells. It's absolutely not satisfactory at all. And what do you do, intend to do about that? We've asked as a minimum standard, obviously, that the fire alarms are unsilenced and put back on. We've also asked that all the rubbish is cleared. We've asked for another reminder to go out to all workers and all volunteers that there is no smoking in this village. And we've also asked, at least for tonight, that we have a guard or some personnel on every floor uh, so that all our athletes and officials who are in the village can sleep safely tonight. Kitty Chiller there, the chef de mission of the Australian Olympic team after a fire caused our village to be evacuated. I'm trying to see the silver lining of the Rio Games, and I can't wait till it starts to watch some amazing sport. But after there was sewerage coming out of the tap, after Christina Hearn from Channel 9 uh, got attacked by a man wearing a dress with a brick in a handbag, we've now had a fire thanks to a couple of maintenance workers who were supposed to be there to pick up all the rubbish, instead had a dart, chucked it in the bin, and it lit the, bill, well, it lit the rubbish bin on fire and caused evacuation. What a start. Go for gold, Rio. Inside 50. Oh! Runs to 55. What a massive kick from Matthew Pavlich! He dummies, he steadies, he fires. Punt road in. Oh, and he get around him. Get right around him. <laughs> the great Matty Pavlich playing 350 this weekend. Good morning, Nerily Meadows. And why am I playing that? Because if I don't come in and ask you to play some Matthew Pavlich highlights, <laughs> the entire of this east coast of Australia forgets that the great man exists. Oh, well, no, he is a champion. I used to love watching Matty Pavlich. And I think back to that final, I think it was 2012. and Geelong, I was, six goals. Yep. I was with 3W Footy and we'd gone over to do Adelaide and Sydney, which was on in Adelaide at Footy Park that day. So we'd missed the start of the game. And as we landed, I was sitting next to Matty Lloyd, who was the first to whip out the phone and turn it on. And he's just gone, Pah! and I said, what, Lloydie? And he said, Frio have jumped the reigning premiers Geelong and Pavlich is on fire. It was ridiculous. I was there at the time and it was one of the great finals for me as a Fremantle fan because I did not see it coming. It was absolutely amazing. And he is a genuine superstar. And if you go through a few of his stats, he's kicked, I've worked out he's kicked 11% of Fremantle's goals in the club's history. (laughs) 11%? That's ridiculous. (laughs) One man. One man has kicked 11% of the club's entire goals. How many players would have played for Freo? Oh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough for one bloke to be the kicking over one, 10% of their total goals. The other stat that I love and people have teased me for working out yep. is that Havlich, in his career, has flown about 854,000 kilometres. That is the equivalent to 21 times the Earth's equator, or, as somebody pointed out to me when I put these stats on Twitter, to the moon and back, and then some. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, that, and that's just footy trips. That's just footy trips, and right. that's not including delays and you know doing laps of the terminal and things like that. But the other, the comparison to make there, so that's eight hundred and fifty-four thousand kilometres. Brent Harvey, who is about to break the game's record, obviously uh, this weekend, he has travelled three hundred and twenty thousand kilometers. That's how big a difference it is between being an East Coast. He gets to the moon, but he doesn't get to come back. (laughs) It's a massive weekend, speaking of Boomer, for milestones. You know, 427 for him, Jimmy Bartell 300 last night, uh, Boris Enright knocking off Ian Nankervis. And they both played just brilliantly It was good, wasn't it? They bookended it. I mean, here's a debate. Is Pav 
the pick of the bunch? Well, I think this is a legitimate question because it's the ultimate debate between longevity versus actual medallions and, and awards because, let's be honest, Jimmy Bartell has done everything. Brownlow, Norm Smith, triple premiership player or the actual best player individual in a team. So we've got Pav, we've got Bartell, we've got Enright, we've got Harvey. Who have you got number one out of those four? I'm obviously biased, but Matthew Pavlich is a ridiculous player. Oh, nice. And he's rare. Jimmy he's Bartell. rare. The games that he has saved for Geelong by sitting on that goal square and marking it he's full back. He's a big back. moment player. He's a great player. But he's a big moment player surrounded by a hell of a lot better players than Matthew Pavlich has ever been surrounded One, by. One triple three, five, three of the milestone men this weekend. Corey Enright, Jimmy Bartell, Matthew Pavlich or Brent Harvey. Who was the best? Let's settle this debate. One triple three, five, three. I've got one to kick us off, and that is a text just come in from Justin Kaczynski, who has said, quote, Pav by a mile. Really? There you go. Love Cosy. I love Cosy. I do love Cosy. I still, I still, and I hope, I hope you're still listening, Cosy. I still want to bring in Honesty Round. That's what he wants to bring in, where everyone is just honest and says the truth instead of towing the company line. I still want to And if we see... had Honesty Round instead of Retro Round this weekend, I'd turn to you, Seb, and I'd say, <laughs> you're a bit crap. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want the AFL to reverse the decision on Cosy's last kick in footy. Just give him the goal, for yeah, goodness 100%. sake. All right, let's go to Benny at Thornbury. Who's the pick of the bunch for you? It'd have to be Boomer for sure. Yeah, why, mate? Oh, well, how could you not? He's played 426 games. He's kicked over 500 career goals. He's 38, mate. He's still running around like an 18-year-old. You make a good case. Kyle at Melton, who's the pick of the bunch for you? You there? No. Kyle, hello? Hello. Yes, mate. Who's the best? Bartell, Enright, Harvey, Pavlich. Uh, easily Bartell. Three premierships. Norm Smith, Bradley. You can't beat that. Brendan at Braybrook, who you got as the number one player of that foursome? Brendan, hello. Hello. What do you got, Brendo? I have, I mean, Bartell, incredible, Enright, incredible, Boomer, incredible, but Pavlich, I think, is the best. If he was in a Melbourne team, the media would be all over it. I think he doesn't get enough recognition being in the West. I think Pav is the best. Instead, I'm all over it just to compensate for the fact that nobody else is talking about it. I just haven't stopped speaking about him all week. No, thanks. Uh, was that your brother calling in? Just to... <laughs> hey, my brother's a West Coast supporter. Oh, is he? Both of them. Okay. And Chris, to round us off at Frankston, Enright, Bartell, Pav, or Boomer Harvey? Absolutely Pavlich. Good what on is you, going Chris. on here? <laughs> Good on you, Chris. Oh, Jimmy Bartell, he's just uh, chopped liver, is he? I don't know, but I am a St Kilda supporter and Kaczynski riding of... <laughs> I, I, I absolutely respect Pavlich for everything he's done. He is a gun. Love it. Good on you, Chris. Thanks for the call. I like that. The fact that Cozzy is tip pav actually helps influence Chris's choice as a, a Saints man. He is a very influential man, Justin Kaczynski, <sighs> one of the great humans. I followed the Geelong Premiership years really closely. I was at that North Melbourne game at Kidinia Park, round nine, round 11, uh, where, uh, which is sort of seen as a turning point for the 2007 season. So I've got a lot of affection for Jimmy Partell, and I just always felt when the game was on the line, here was this guy who wasn't tall, wasn't built like the proverbial brick house, but somehow managed to will himself to the contest and win it. And you know what? In the twilight of his career, and hopefully he does go on next year, I think he, he's done enough definitely this year to do so. He has done the most important thing that he's probably done in his entire career, and that is grow the beard. He's, yeah. 
he is doing something this year that is absolutely remarkable, and uh, I think he's yeah he's a good human, and uh, and I think it's it's great that he's done that. He's ruined Boris's uh, milestone match photos, <laughs> but it's for a good cause. Nearly Meadows from Fox Sports. I won't see you next week. Yeah, have fun in Rio. It's sounding a little grim over there. I've got to be honest. What have you been making of all of that? I'm trying to ignore it because I'm not going. Fair enough. <laughs> it makes me sad that I'm not going. You know what I've missed out so upon? I'm what was that stat you had about uh, about Matty Pavlich again, about uh, how many goals he's kicked? 11%. 11%. When you talk about Matty Pavlich, just one thing pops into my head, and it's uh, this beautiful track that Petey is about to uh, play for us. <laughs> JPY, go for it. Do you, you want to just read your stats of Matty Pavlich? <laughs> You're a shocker and you have funny Mario. I will. I look forward to it. Hey, I got a little tip too. Danny Green fighting on Wednesday. Anthony Mundine will be ringside. Pete, give us a bit more JPY. I just love the look on somebody's face. They've just got into the car, they've turned on Triple M, and they've heard JPY and gone, What the hell is going on? Triple M's weekend breakfast with Seb Costello.